Searching for the loan that's right for your life or your business? The Bank of Clark County offers personal auto financing, personal loans and business lines of credit, mortgages and business real estate loans, home equity loans, personal and business construction loans, and more. Whether you're looking to upgrade your life or your business, the Bank of Clark County has the loan that fits. Visit your local Bank of Clark County branch or go to bankofclark.bank. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. Hey, this is Carla from the Butcher Baby. This is George Corp from the Fisher from County McCorp. Hey, this is Rex from Kill Devil Hill. It's Wednesday 13. This is Gas from Yellow Drive. This is Odorous from Water. You're listening to Rabbit Noise on Rabbit Radio. Turn it up. Jamie, how are you, man? Good. How are you doing? Yeah, good, dude. What's going on? I'll just starting the day. It's uh, 8 30 over here. Oh, brutal. <laughs> you know, I got the coffee brewing. Getting ready to rock, you know. Gotta 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 rock it today. Gotta be on point. Well, you're uh, prepping for European tour, right? Yeah, we're leaving Wednesday. Oh, okay, so you still got a couple of days. Yeah, a couple of days to pack up, tie up all the loose ends. So, how's the the prep going for the tour anyway? Great. I just saw the new backdrops and the scrims and um, light plot lighting plot lighting shows. Going to be good. I I think. Uh, the Leipzig show sold out. Overhausen is very close to being sold out. Amsterdam's looking like it's going to be good. We a lot of these places we haven't played in a while, and uh, this is such like a young hot uh, lineup. You know, bands that normally we don't play with. You know, we we especially last year we played with. We, you know, we toured with Zach Wild. We toured with Slipknot. We toured. We did more kind of. Uh, like, I guess, I don't want to say an older audience, but, mm. you know, people that were more in our age range. You know, Zach Wilde is a little bit older than us. Slipknot's a little bit older than us. But this tour, these bands are like 10, 15 years younger than us. So it's it's a nice little change of pace. I already see, like, I'm looking on my Instagram and, you know, people are, what do they do? They, they, they tag, what is it? They tag you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the photo. And so people are tagging me in the photos of like they got their tickets, they got their shirts, they got their pre order. So it seems like people are really pumped. It's a lot of young kids, so it's going to be cool. That's, that'd be awesome, man. Cause I mean, you guys have been doing it for so many years now. And, you know, it's just, you know, the fans are, you know, as you said, these young dudes, I guess like they'd be the older brother or the, 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 the dad, the cool dad, be you know taking them along and stuff like that, or sharing the records. That must be a pretty cool feeling, man. Well, you know, we saw that on the Warp Tour in Australia. We were, you know, we were playing right before Amity Affliction, and at first, you know, you got these thirteen-year-old girls like, "What the? Who are these scary dudes with beards <laughs> and shaved heads and bandanas and fucking Slayer T-shirts?" And then by the end of the set. They're rocking out. Their horns are in the air. They're going to buy a 2XL hate breed shirt. They're wearing it like a dress. And you're like, wow, this is great. You know, they, you, you're turning on new people to heavy shit. And they're like, and they're open to it. They have open minds. And that's a beautiful thing. It's like you can only do so many tours where people are like set in their ways mm. and they, and they don't want to, you know, they don't want to check out heavy shit, but. With that warp tour, we were like, "Wow, this this audience is receptive, so it's cool." And that's kind of this Empiricon Fest feels like that a little bit because obviously I'm 
familiar with a band like Amir or uh, I like that band Chelsea Grin. They sent me a song on Twitter, super heavy, you know, like death metal influenced sort of band. And But then there's these other bands on there that I never heard of until recently, you know, uh, Bless the Fall, North Lane. And these are wildly popular bands. You have to get the new and the old together, bridge the gap, be inclusive. To me, I always liked those tours growing up where the bands were inclusive. Like, you know, just because, um, you know, Exploited doesn't sound like Biohazard doesn't mean they can't tour together. Like, I saw that tour. Or I saw, like, uh, Crowbar and Morbid Angel. You know, two, they're two totally different styles. But they came together to tour, and it's great. Now that's kind of happening in the new, the, this, with this next generation of bands and you know, it's a short tour, so we're going to get in, get out, and get back to America, and we'll do a four-week run with Devil Driver, which is going to be good, too. That sounds insane, man. That sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. And Northline. I mean, Northline are uh, one of our guys. Yeah, I just watched their video on YouTube. The band sounds killer. And um, Oh, there's a band on the, some of the shows that I sang on their record. I sang a song on their record called Barry Tomorrow. And they were killer. And then um, Chelsea Green. What was the other one? There's another one on there, too. Despised Icon, who we played with a bunch. Oh, they're great. So there's a little something for everybody. And I think that's that's important nowadays. You don't want to hear the same thing five bands in a row. You want to have an eclectic taste, right? You want to have, an, you want to have a from start to finish, a different experience each time. We, I mean, you guys have always been one of those bands that, you know, as you said, you know, can share the stage with pretty much anyone, and uh, you've toured with so many bands from from different subgenres. I mean, and what, what do you think it is about, you know, Hatebreed that allows you to do that? Just not being tied down to one lane. Mm. If you know, if you're in one lane and you're trying to go into a different lane, people are like, whoa, 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 stay in your lane. You know, just, but we have been able, we're like a tank. We're going in that <laughs> lane, whether you want us to or not, you know, like that's just our thing. Like we were, I was just doing some stuff for the UK and they said, uh, one of the journalists had said, oh, you know, you're the only band that's done Warp Tour, Bloodstock, Download, Reading, Leeds, Ghost Fest, Hammer Fest. And so they, they list off like eight different musically uh completely different festivals that we've either headlined or played like you know close to the top on the bill and uh and now we're adding empiricon to that list so i guess that's a good thing you know you you never want to be nailed down into you don't want to be painted into a corner right like look at Mm. if you look at the great bands like the timeless bands the bands that are very you know, you can you can put on any of their songs and you know that it's them. Like if you put on the Ramones, you know, you go, oh, that's the Ramones. You don't go, oh, that's, you know, Coldplay. No, you go, that's <laughs> that's the Ramones. You you, don't, you put on ACDC, you go, that's ACDC. You put on Motorhead, that's Motorhead. And that's what we want to do with Hatebreed. But you notice that with those bands, people of all walks of life like those bands. People who like hip-hop like ACDC. People who like country like ACDC. So why can't the same be said for a heavy band? Why can't a heavy band be liked by people who like punk or people who like pop punk or people who like dubstep or whatever? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it should be a little bit more, you know, people, I guess people should have the, a little bit more of an open mind. I mean, I remember, you know, back in like the, 
the nineties, dude. You know, we'd go to your mate's place and one side he'd have posters of Cypress Hill and the other side would be uh Slayer, you know? Yeah. That should be. Totally, totally. We uh you're about to drop uh your latest album, The Concrete Confessional, on May thirteen and dude it's I've been listening to it all day and it just crushes, man. It's it's oh, so you. good. Yeah. And album number seven for you guys. You know, did you do anything different to approach the writing this time compared to uh, the previous ones? Just simplify it and just make sure you don't overcomplicate things and you know, we don't it's we don't need to reinvent the wheel. We've just gotta come hard with the with the heavy jams. Make sure they're catchy. Make sure you want to listen to it over and over again, and, and you don't want to skip certain tracks. And I think we were able to capture that. I just, you know, we did it in a little small studio, kind of similar how we did the first record. Mm. Like, why do we need? Why do we? You know, we don't need this whole big studio. We don't need all this extra shit coming into the to the whole process. We could just strip it down. It's just got to be meat and potatoes. And for the vegans. We'll say, you know, all the veggies, all the good veggies, you know, like that's what it's got to be. It's got to be simple. It doesn't have, we don't, we don't need to change the recipe. It's our seventh album. We got so many dedicated diehard supporters all over the world. They like what we do. So why throw a wrench in it? Like why, why kill the momentum in hopes to, cause why do, why do bands try to change their sound? They, cause they want to expand. They want to get mm. bigger. Usually it's like a, a greed type of move right but like how much do we need how many more fans do we really need like do we need to go grab all these um radio bands like do we need a song that's going to go on the radio with with all these uh bands that are like commercial rock no it's probably not going to work anyways because the band is called hate breed and we have a history of making heavy records so if we're going to go be accessible now that's not good well, man, it's whatever you're doing, it, it's working. Because <laughs> this new album, it does sound pretty fresh, man. It doesn't. It, it sounds more relevant than ever, ever, you know. And even you know other bands that I've heard releases this year, it's uh, yeah, it's solid, dude. I can't say enough good things about it. And how, you know, as I said, it sounds fresh. It sounds, yeah. I can't put my finger on it. I'm still still processing it, but I love it. Oh, thank you. No, that's good to hear. Well, man. Pretty much everyone I know down here is a Hatebreed fan. Like you can't go to a show without seeing at least five Hatebreed shirts. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's good news. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you know, you've always had a strong fan base down here in Australia, and uh, what, what seems to be a strong connection with Australia in general. I mean, you know, you've been here plenty of times. Uh, what, what is it about the Aussies that keeps you guys coming back? Oh, it's just the best. I mean, it's you never think, like as a kid growing up, that you're going to be able to go so far away from home and have people really enjoy it, really like it. And it just goes to show that music is the it's the equalizer. Like mm. it's this universal language. You know, every to have people have the same reaction halfway across the globe, it's great. And uh, I think for us, just initially doing those early tours with Slipknot, Soulfly, and then coming back and just constantly trying to keep Australia on our our touring circuit, I think that appreciation is like a cyclical power, right? It's like mm-hmm. it shows our excitement, our drive that to want to always come back and always have it be uh, a stop on our world tour is appreciated and vice versa, you know, because we 
you know, we've seen the lean years, you know, metal and hardcore, there's peaks and valleys, you know, and I guess the Warp Tour, you know, Warp Tour Australia was like the valley, you know, where you go, okay, you're going to, you know, you're going to take a little bit of a pay cut and you're going to play to a little bit of a less of an audience, but you're going to get these new kids and there's constant change, right? Like there's a constant, the, the world is always moving. It's always changing. And so now I think with the death of the festival, you're going to see this re ignition of the club show because the club show is of so much value to people still in Australia and mm. people are hip to the fact that you're you're overpaying for all these other bands that you might not want to see and then the bands that you do want to see are playing at the same time the festival it ran its course it was fun it was great i appreciate every opportunity we had to do it but now it's time to bring the value back to the club loud amps in the face fucking cranked every amp is on the the sweat is pouring from the ceiling and for this 90 minutes of the hatebreed set you got no bills you got no taxes you got no drama with your girlfriend you got no hospital to go to or fucking anything you just got loud amps in the face and that is going to be something of serious value look like i i don't want to see watane in at 11 a.m at the same time as fucking <laughs> satiricon you know what i mean like yeah, yeah, yeah it doesn't work like let's let's bring the fucking club back and let's pack it out let's fucking have the time of our lives and let's go on from there you know something about a, a club show the energy in, in club shows man yeah i i prefer it personally I mean, you're there with all your buddies and just that chaos, <laughs> you know? It's yeah, a, there's a value that is yeah. provided that you really almost can't quantify. It's like, yep. and I try, look, there's people that they're just not built for it. They're just not made for it. And I get it. Those, those, that was why the festival worked for a long time. It's like, look, you know what? I'm going to go to one show a year. And it's, you know, we saw that. We, we had that in the States for a while. You know, like it was, there was a lot of traveling festivals or, or certain festivals where people are like, look, this is my one show. This is my one concert that I go to in, for the year. And I'm going to try to see as many bands as I can that I like at this concert. And that's great. But then there's like a different culture of these are people that they go to, they go to clubs, they go to shows. And that's just a different walk of life. Some people can hack it. Some people can't, you know, some people don't want to be. Some people want to just sit sit behind the computer and complain, you know. I'm just I'm not one of those people. I want I want loud amps in the face. I want sweat pouring from the ceiling. I want to leave exhausted and empowered. Feels like you've done something, doesn't it? <laughs> Instead of sitting on your ass and on the computer, it feels like you've achieved something when you get out there and you've got your uh, bang over the next day and you go to work and you're like, "How was the gig?" and you're like, Man, I'm feeling it today, and it was the best time I've ever had in my life. Yeah. And you go, wow, <laughs> this guy came from all – like I remember I, I went to see um, – uh, what the hell? I was in I, – I probably it was probably mid-90s. It was – yeah, no, late 90s. I think it was like 97. I went to see Earth Crisis, and um, – you know, this, the, at the time, you know, it was such a heavy record, such a really powerful, but it also, it had a message. So 
you it was not only was if if you weren't there for the message, you could just you know rock out, stage dive, mosh, have a good time, and that was fine too. But if you were also there for the message, you learned something from the show. You learned something about others. You learned something about yourself. You maybe looked at the world in a different light. You would say, you know what? This guy, he's a smart guy. You know what? He's kind of – and this is you know, now this is 20 years ago. But you go, wow, what this guy was saying 20 years ago was so ahead of his time because he was saying that, look – this, when you're eating all the, you're, you, these, and why would you want to eat something that was tortured? You, you are what you eat, right? He was saying a lot of things that people didn't want to hear. Oh, I don't go to a show for that. I, I don't want to, now you're in my lifestyle. Now you're in my, mm. but, well, but you know, some, if a lot of those people, if they had listened to what that guy was saying 20 years ago, they'd be in, they'd either be alive and much healthier now, or they'd be a, they're, they're, they would be in a different place completely altogether, mentally, physically. And so, and I saw him not too long ago. And I think I want to say, maybe it was a year or two ago. I want to, you know, we were talking about all these people who passed away and all these people who, you know, never really learned something from hardcore and punk rock music. It's like, well, you know, why are you listening to what you see on the TV and what you see that's being paid for by all these marketers and all these companies? Why don't you listen to somebody who knows what he's fucking talking about? Let's listen to science. Let's, 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 let's listen to people who are, who are educated. But a lot of times when, when you cross that into music, people don't want to, don't want to hear it. But that was what kind of brought me to it. You could, there was, there was times where you could go learn something or there's times you could just go hear someone's pain and they were sharing their art, their pain, their narrative. And, um, you know, you can't get that at a fucking festival. You're not going to get that at a 12 in the afternoon with the sun beaming on your face. You're getting fucking sunburned. <laughs> and there's, there's a fucking band playing at the same time that you can hear while this band is playing. You're like, what? This doesn't work. Yeah, I, I agree with you there, man. <laughs> totally, man. Well, uh, I'm also a big fan of your podcast, and you've had so many legends on your show, dude. Uh, who, who have you had on there that has been the most uh, significant to you personally? Uh, probably Kirk Hammett. That was a great one. Or Duff McKagan. Those are my one of my two, two of my favorite ones, and they both made worldwide headlines, which really helped the podcast grow and kind of solidified me in the in that world of you know creating a new lane where you know comedy was able to reinvent itself through podcasting and, and really it launched a lot of people's careers and you wanted to stay in the day-to-day -day lives or the weekly lives of all these different comics and i thought well why can't we do that for music like and, and i knew there was going to come a time where the big broadcasting personalities in each territory would eventually switch to podcasting because they were could be in charge of their uh, ad revenue and, mm. and their email lists and they could be more DIY. And I knew it was going to go that route and it has to a certain extent in the States, but now I think we're about to see another boom. And so I feel like that first wave of those big guests that were willing to give me the time was a big, you know, it was a great opportunity for me. I'm still, I'm still getting people like I had someone tweet me the other day that just listened to those episodes, you know? And so then people are finding out and they're going back and they're listening to the old episodes and that's cool too. Well, it's quite an inspiration for uh, a little dudes like me, <laughs> you know, like down here all the way down oh, here in Australia. Down, yeah. So, you know, I see, see what you're doing and, uh, 
you know, I'm not there yet, but um, it's yeah, it's inspiring, man. So thank you. Oh, I appreciate it. No, it's just, it's a, it's a cyclical power, it really. Is like I had Mark Marin follow me on Twitter, and I had like I had to like put the phone down for a second, have a little like dance, <laughs> like a little fanboy freak out, and then I direct message him. You know, I didn't want to I didn't want to like bombard him, but then he's like, oh, cool, check it out, and. And I, I, you know, I know he's a big vinyl fan, so I'm like, let me send you some vinyl, you know? He's like, yeah, send me some. And so I send him the record, you know, I send him Divinity of Purpose and stuff. And, you know, if if I was to ever get on that show, that's, you know, millions of people listen to that show all over the world. So it's, it's amazing that podcasting creates these little opportunities of networking. And it's cool. I think you're going to see more and more pop up and I know there's only so many hours in the day but I don't feel like there can be too many I say the more the merrier because when you find one that you really like and if it stays consistent it's there's so much value there so much entertainment like I just found this one um, history on fire with this guy Daniele Bolelli has a really great accent and uh, now I'm like oh I can't wait for more episodes to come out you know, it's not like, oh, I don't have enough time. I just try <laughs> to find the time when I, you know, when I, when I can. Do you, uh, have you, do you, uh, check out that one called Hardcore Histories? Oh yeah. Dan Carlin. Yeah. He's <laughs> yeah. great. I, I got out of that because he, there was a break. There was like a long break. You know, I know it's so work intensive for him and, mm. and, uh, it's quite an undertaking. He like really, I mean, he really devotes a huge part of his life. Uh, to that. So that's when I got to get back on the, like when I finish these other ones that I've been listening to, I got to get back on his. Man, I, I love that one. I've just got onto that one this week. And I was like, three hours for one episode. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still going. But uh, man, I I would love to hear uh, you on Marin. I'm a Marin fan as well. And uh, Oh, thanks. Yeah, tweet him. Tell him. <laughs> oh, oh, totally, dude. I, I I listen to him as well, and uh, just the way he, he just he can just pick people apart and uh, yeah get the best out of them. And uh, you're very much the same, man. And uh, I I I'd love to hear you guys together. Let's do it. Let's get a tweet happening. Get everyone. Please, yeah, it would be great. I you know him or Rogan or you know I would really like to do Jericho's. I'd really like to do Eddie Trunks. We'll see. I, I think. It's all in in due time. I, I think this record's gonna get us some new opportunities, get us some new looks, and and uh, people know the name, they know the band's logo, and uh, you know there some people have been willing to to have me on. Like I just did a couple. Uh, I like I did a press tour in New York, and I did some bigger interviews. I did some TV stuff, and so you know with podcasting. I hope the same sort of uh, growth happens where I can go and get on a Mariner or a Rogan, but we'll see. Oh man, it'll happen. I reckon it will. I mean, it's, uh, as I said, this album's a real banger. It's uh, yeah, I think it's gonna be a big year for you guys. It's gonna be kick ass. I look, it's looking like it. So I got to knock on wood, right? Don't want to jinx it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's gonna be awesome, man. Well, uh, the big question: When can we expect to see you guys down here again? We're hanging for it. Hopefully sooner than later. I was like really trying to have something so I could announce, but uh, it's just, it's so time consuming to try to balance everything. And then, 
make sure that we're not going to run into other tours and make sure that the clubs are available. And, you know, it's, it's getting there. I, I, I hope we can announce something soon. Just, uh, it's just not there yet. So we'll see. Oh man. We'll, uh, we'll be hanging for it. In the meantime, everyone's got to get this album because, uh, it's uh, it's the, it's the greatest. It's one of my. It's going to be one of my favorites for this year. I can't say, man. I, I know I keep saying about it, but I can't say enough good things. So. Oh well, that's great to hear. I mean, we 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 were very happy with it, and usually we we don't want to be too happy with it because it's like you always want to. You never want to be too satisfied, and so. But now I went back and listened to it, and I got like deeper into the record. I I got to like the apex within. I forgot even writing that song, and I was like, oh, this is mm-hmm. like a nice little surprise. So, I I mean, the album experience I still value. I don't look at songs as just singles. I don't look at. I I like when hardcore and punk bands do singles. I like Seven Inches, and I still have a little bit of a collection. But this was a really. We were trying to make an album experience, like where you could listen to the album start to finish, read all the lyrics, and and really sort of ingest the album because it's only 30 minutes. Um, so whether it's, you know, you, you're on a run or you're on your way to work or you're in your car, or you're on your way to a concert, you know, this, this will get you real charged up. And so I hope people get that same sort of feeling. Oh, for sure, man. It uh, had me speeding home from work. All right, good. <laughs> yeah, you got to hit the accelerator when this yeah. thing comes up. <laughs> Well, Jamie, thanks so much for hanging with us tonight, man. We're going to go to the track, destroy everything now. I wish all you you guys all the best for uh, your tour coming up. And, uh, of course, hope to see you dude soon. Thanks so much, Dan. Appreciate it, man. And uh, have a good one. And hopefully we'll get that announcement going soon. And then we'll uh, we'll see you maybe, I don't know, maybe September, maybe October. Hope, hopefully. Fingers crossed, man. All right. We'll have a good day, brother. All right. Take care. Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. 